You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You, you know what they say in the restaurants? When um, you work the close and then the open, they call it the clopen. Yeah, yeah. This is this is the clopin clopin. Because <laughs> I closed last night. I'm opening this morning. I'm going to close again tonight, and then I'm opening again tomorrow morning. So wow, triple nice, header. Nice. So uh, we're going to be buzzing. Score, Johnny Toronto. I wonder if they can hear it on Long Island. Two on oh, Line A Rostov. Miley stayed on side. The late man Matthews. Great move. What a goal. Beauty. Austin Matthews. Matthews flipped it up for Marner. Mitch Marner centering. Hyman to the net. Scores. He took fast down and his shot trapped him in the corner. Here we go, episode 21 of Not Another Leafs Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Ken Stapon joined by Brandon McCarthy. And a reminder that this podcast is brought to you by DraftKings. Have you ever wanted to give yourself better odds on winning a bet? Well, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you the chance to do just that. For every 1,000 bets that hammer the over in Sunday's Denver versus LA game, the over-under will drop by one point. Yes, it will drop by one point. The best part is that even as the line lowers, the odds remain the same at even money. That's right. You can double your money by hammering the over. If that isn't enough excitement for you, there's a huge fight happening this weekend at UFC 258. And don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook also offers great odds and promotions on basketball, hockey, and so much more all week long. So remember to bet on the Maple Leafs puck line against the Habs that they covered last night. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. So you can deposit, withdraw your funds at your convenience. What are we asking you to do? Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up. Hammer the over on Sunday night's basketball game when LA takes on Denver and improve your odds, doubling your money. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings, life's more fun with skin in the game. BMAC, the Maple Leafs had some skin in the game last night against their division rivals, the Montreal Canadiens. And a 4-2 win, as I mentioned before, nailing the puck line against the second-best team in the Canadian division as far as the standings are concerned. Big win for Toronto against what's likely the stiffest competition they're going to face all year. Welcome in, everybody. It's episode 21, Borea Salming. Huge, huge W. And Borea. You know, Borea, or I was also thinking JVR, but I don't want to, you know, put those guys in the same class. But number-wise, you know, 
yeah, we're going to say JVR and Boreas Salming. But, man, I know every day, every night we hear about playing a full 60 minutes, but, you know, hearing Justin Hall saying, you know, win a period, you win the game. And the Leafs really showed that in the third period. They came out firing on all cylinders and very, very happy for Hall to just unload a rocket that looked like a patented Ken Stapon slap shot oh, in, his, uh, in his division. What would you play again in the States? Uh, we're a D2 team. Okay. <laughs> that, the I Wilford, just... <laughs> the Wilford Green Wave, Division Two high school hockey. Although we did, uh, we did it's make hammer time, baby. It's hammer time. Yeah, it was an unbelievable shot by Hall. And against Montreal, this game kind of reminded me again about the uh, which game was it against the Canucks? Was it the third game against the Canucks where they're kind of a little bit flat, and then you get a couple goals in a short span of time, and it really turns the game around in your favor. I thought Montreal at times tonight was the dominant team at least in the first 10 minutes they certainly seemed to be and Toronto just kind of sat back they weathered the storm I thought they did a really good job keeping the puck to the outside which is so refreshing like is Toronto a dominant defensive team now I want well I don't want to say dominant but certainly there's an emphasis on that aspect of the game this year put on them by Sheldon Keefe and the coaching staff and they seem to be just coming into these contests with a different mentality and are able to sort of just shut it down. You know, you go down one, nothing early and then just batten down the hatches, not give up another goal until late, late in the third period and ultimately allow your team a chance to come back with a couple of quick goals in the third that are enough to give them the win. Well, I had a chance to listen to the Habs pregame presser and Josh Anderson was not lacking confidence. I mean, this is a team that knew everything that they were going to get from the Maple Leafs, the skill they possess and Anderson saying too, like, you know, hey, we're a pretty good team as well. So it's going to be obviously a, a, a big battle like it always is between the Leafs and Habs. But the better team ultimately won. And, you know, Montreal gave the Leafs ample, ample scoring opportunities after they got on the board first. And really resilience of, of Anderson and the Leafs to keep composed and establish their rhythm, even though they gave up the opening marker 10 seconds in because... In past years, Kenny, that would probably t- deflate the Leafs and have them sinking as the game goes on. But they were able to pick it up and get production, not from their big dogs, but guys who were dying to get on the score sheet and well-deserved. Justin Hall, Travis Dermott, Potts' first goal, and Ilya Mikheyev finally hadn't scored since that awful, awful wrist injury last December. And man, talk about getting a monkey off your back. He just looked absolutely relieved. And the guys were so pumped for him. Yeah, you talk about the goal droughts. I, mean, I, I can't remember when Travis Dermott's last goal was, but certainly for Justin Hall, it was last February. So this has been a long time coming for all three of these players. You mentioned Josh Anderson. He's able to get the first goal for the Canadians, puts it right between the wickets on Frederick Anderson. Nice play by Anderson, and that's four straight games for a goal with Anderson. So, obviously, he's feeling confident. You understand his confidence in his pregame availability prior to the contest. But I thought that Toronto, again, was able to dictate the style of play that they on their terms. Whereas in the past, as you mentioned before, you know, you give up the early goal or the other team starts imposing their will on you physically or for, they get the four check cooking. They want to gum up the neutral zone. It was the other way around. But I'm seeing of uh, this team this year is that they're saying this is the style of play that we're going to give you. And 
And we're going to be comfortable with that. We're going to block shots. We're going to collapse in around our goaltender and keep everything to the outside. And you might outshoot us, but the scoring chances aren't going to be there. And Sheldon Keefe in his post-game presser was talking about that. He suggested that this contest against Montreal, by according to the internal analytics team that they keep and all the stats that they keep inside the room, this was the game where they gave up the least scoring chances of the year. So that shows you what Sheldon Keefe thought of his team's effort. I thought it was a complete 60-minute effort, basically, for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And, you know, when you get that secondary scoring, it's going to be tough to beat the squad. Uh, albeit Austin Matthews, one one uh, good note for the Habs is I guess they broke Matthews' goal streak at eight. So something they can uh, hang their hat on despite losing to the Maple Leafs. And they go back at it, back at it again now on Saturday night. And it's interesting, too, with, with the schedule, the condensed schedule, Montreal has to welcome – well, not welcome. They got to try and defend and control Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, who went pointless in an Oilers win the other night for the first time in four years, which is crazy. Just shows how they're carrying the load in Edmonton since 2016. But it's going to probably play a huge factor. I mean, the Leafs go right home and are going to await Montreal in Toronto Saturday night. But this kind of puts a little jam in their schedule. Saturday night, Kenny, is going to be uh, really a luxury for the Leafs considering they'll have ample days to prepare and recover for for Montreal again. And they're going to probably get a bit of wind taken out of their sails after playing the two-headed monster in oil country. They got a game against Montreal in two days, and then they got to squeeze in uh, three against the Sens next week, including a back-to-back. And then they're up against the Canadiens again on Saturday night. So that shows you what the people at Hockey Night in Canada think of this matchup and traditionally it's a big rivalry and for me I'm so excited as a hockey fan that both these teams are at the top of the division and actually competitive because how many times have we seen you know Ottawa's super competitive but Toronto stinks and then Toronto's great or playing well and Ottawa stinks and Montreal you know they never seem to sync up in the same competitive window that's certainly not the case this year for these two teams. And I expect now that they have, I think that's two out of the way. So eight to go left on the docket between these two clubs. I, I'm excited to watch these matchups for the rest of the season because there's no love lost. And this is the most heat I've seen in this rivalry. It's only going to continue to heat up as we go down the line here in, in my lifetime, really, because they have neither team has been competitive at the same time. Regarding last night and this season overall, from what I've seen through the first, well, quarter of the season, we'll say, Justin Hall and Jake Muzzin has, have been the Leafs' best D pairing by far. I mean, I thought Riley and, and Brody have looked pretty shaky at points. They looked pretty shaky last night. And Justin Hall, for me, we've, we've stressed his game and how important he has been for this Leafs team. Obviously, he, he un, unloads a rifle and... He did a really, really effective job shutting down Tyler Toffoli, who was absent last night considering the scoring tear he was on. And he got absolutely rocked in a vulnerable position by Corey Perry. I thought he was going to leave the game, but man, he was just doing it all over the ice. He, he, he has been the most efficient Leafs defenseman. Justin Hall. Yes. Yeah, it's he's unreal. And I don't want to talk too much about the offseason chatter. You know, I hate the cap talk and I hate like you know talking about free agents or whatever during the season I don't see any way that Justin Hall is not going to be the guy that's picked up by Las Vegas or not Las Vegas by uh, Seattle the Kraken by the Kraken 
in the expansion draft. The only way that it's not going to be Justin Hall is if the Leafs re-sign Frederick Anderson and then protect him and leave Jack Campbell exposed because then I would think likely the Kraken would probably take whichever one of those goalies is going to be available. Uh, he's been outstanding for the Maple Leafs this year. And really, they were talking about this on overdrive. It's been one of the big wins from Kyle Dubis and the analytics department to find this guy. He was playing in the ECHL and, you know, not, not drafted, I don't believe, or if he was drafted, he was just kind of like cast to the side. They bring him into the organization. He has some solid years with the Marlies, wins a Calder Cup, and then now he's coming up and contributing with the big team. The big surprise for me is that this guy could not crack the lineup with Mike Babcock in town. Like, no, not at all. Never. He was, I think he got scratched for 70 games. Even though he had two goals. Under Babcock's regime. Even though he had two goals in his first two games, Babcock was like, eh. Yeah, not, not a big not fan. So he's been unreal. And what does it say about the Maple Leafs this season that you had mentioned before, you weren't impressed necessarily by Brody or by um, Riley and that you thought that this decor or this deep pairing rather was the best one. Like they're still getting a ton of production, even though their top pairing isn't producing at the rate they do expect them to. Muzzin with three assists last night. We mentioned the goal by Justin Hall. Also Travis Dermott finding the score sheet. Like they're getting production out of guys that you wouldn't expect to be contributing right. on the offensive side. So really impressive from Toronto. And really, I think coming into the season, if you ask the question, which decor would you rather have? Would you rather have Montreal's or would you rather have Toronto? I think that unanimously we would have both said Toronto. I think anybody that was an unbiased hockey fan looking at the six or seven defensemen available would have said Montreal. But at the way that they're playing at this point, I got to be honest, I like the way that Toronto's decor is really gelled and it's coming together as one cohesive unit right now. And I might be inclined to take them over Montreal's given the production that they've been putting out. Justin Hall, original draft pick of the Blackhawks in 2010 in the second round. But again, kind of forgot about that. I, I thought he went on yeah, a ago, as well. Right? Never, never got a sniff, really. One thing that kind of shocked me yesterday was Nick Patan getting time on the power play with Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, and the big guns. And they didn't score obviously they they produced some chances but this was a this was striking to me I, I didn't think you know he would immediately be boosted up into the top pp unit after getting called up from the taxi squad a few days ago but you know Keith, he likes to shuffle the lines mid-game and juggle things and if things aren't working he'll you know he won't be afraid to pull the trigger on pulling one guy out or inserting another guy in but it's it's new for for fans to see this considering the, the time and the tenure rather under Babcock, it was a strict, no, I'm going with this. I'm going with this. I'm going to put Patty Marlowe out for the last two minutes, blah, blah, blah. But maybe he was just experimenting. Uh, as my roommate Spencer said, maybe, you know, this is a strategic move to try and confuse Montreal because they weren't expecting it, which is fair. But I don't know if you'll see much time or ample time in the future, but it was a, a move that kind of struck me. I'll tell you what it is. It's necessity. Like, look at, look at the injuries that this team has had. You have Thornton, who was on that first unit, go down. You have Simmons, who was playing on that first unit, go down. You have Nick Robertson, who likely would have slotted in instead of Batan, go down. So all of a sudden, you're down three of your options to slot in on that first PP unit. They've really put an emphasis this season on balancing the two units. They don't necessarily want to stack them up all the time. You see it sometimes on a five-on-three where, where they will place that big unit from last year out there to try to take advantage when they have you know, the two-man advantage and make sure that they're going to score. 
But outside of that, they want a little bit of balance. So you don't really want to bump Tavares up. You don't really want to bump Nylander up. You know, Jason Spezza has been a stalwart on the back on that second pairing. So then really it's like, who are your options to put in at that? Nick Patan is a guy who's comfortable playing in that sort of a role. He's a skilled player. He's got a little bit of finesse to his game. And he's been playing a lot of power play time, likely down in the AHL with the Toronto Marlies. So he understands the situation. He understands how to play the man advantage. Give him an opportunity. You know he's not going to really be shooting the puck likely too much on that line, or he'll be getting in trouble at the bench likely if he's not giving the puck to Austin Matthews and rather you know, just trying to go bar down himself. But I don't mind it from Sheldon Keefe. I think that he's looked good at times. He's got good vision, good awareness. Let's see what happens with this guy. So a good opportunity for Patan, and albeit unexpected circumstances that ultimately led to it, but I wouldn't expect him to stick around in that first powerball unit once the team starts to get healthy here. That's true. And I think he did probably see some time on the PP briefly in his time with Winnipeg. So the Leafs 11-2-1, four-game winning streak, 8-1-1 in their last 10. They've really distanced themselves from Montreal, five points, a five-point cushion now to divide one and two in the Scotia North. Should we get to around the league, Kenny? Yeah, sure. Let's go. One final thought on the Leafs is that the thing that's been most impressive to me, we mentioned all the injuries, the fact that they've been able to just push through this with their depth. And that's been yes. a lot, big conversation over past seasons. Um, the fact that Thornton's went down, the fact that Campbell went down, the fact that Simmons is down, Robertson, and they're just able to plug in guys at the bottom of their lineup and get contributions, I think has been really important for the organization. All right, around the league, do you see Tuka Rask last night? Uh, skating to the bench, despite the fact that there was not a delayed penalty on the on the play. I was locked into the bud, so I haven't even caught the Bruins highlights yet. Man, it was it was too funny. Like Rask just sort of starts skating to the bench, and I guess he was under the impression that there was a delayed penalty for Boston, so that they could get the extra attacker. But that certainly wasn't the case. So everybody started freaking out on the bench. He basically like got within two feet of the door, and then ended up like peeling back into his crease. Nothing bad happened, but pretty funny for for Tuka Rask. He was having a good laugh after the facts. Oh, uh, there was no expense that was going the other way. Uh, Miko Koivu retires from Columbus. Um, the all-time points layer for Minnesota. Second on the list is Marion Gabrick. A little bit surprised at the midseason retirement, Brendan? He has been an absolute stalwart in Minnesota, and I'm not too surprised. He has paid his dues there and had a very successful career respectable career point wise you know he didn't win anything stanley cup wise but this is this is a good move and i think it's a uh a well-deserved move speaking of your boy or speaking of columbus rather uh patrick line benched by torts for allegedly lipping off to an assistant coach surprised at uh the friction between these two players i kind of uh predicted this on an earlier episode but i mean I, I kind of like that. Maybe in, in, in Winnipeg that went on and Paul Maurice kind of looked the other way, turned a blind eye. But in this instance, Tortorella caught it and maybe it was a quick little lip or mouth off to equipment staff or an assistant coach. And Torch was like, uh-uh, this is your third game here. I don't care if you have three goals in three games because he has been finding the back of the net immediately. But this is good because they have their stud. They have their star player in the top six, but Torch doesn't care who you are, Kenny. We got to remember that. And you can be the flashiest guy. You can be a fourth line grinder. He's going to treat everybody the same. 
and hold people to a certain standard and make people accountable. So this is uh, something that Line, I think, is going to learn from. He looked absolutely stunned in the presser when asked about it, but he clearly gets it. He got the message and he is slowly but surely starting to buy into Torts' philosophy. Barry Trotz moves into third place on the all-time leaderboard for wins by a coach with 800-plus now. Um, Trotz trails only Scotty Bowman and Joel Quinville in that category. So pretty impressive career for Trotz and expect him to continue to climb the leaderboard, albeit catching Quinville as he's still behind the bench. is going to be a difficult task for Trotz. And Brian Burke is headed back to the NHL from Sportsnet. He's going to be the president of hockey operations for the Pens, and Ron Hextall also will be the GM. So, ooh, are they going to shake things up? I mean, you can just tell Burke is elated after missing out on Crosby in 04, finally gets the best player in the game, arguably. I know I'm going to take heat for that. No, it's uh, it's a good sniff for Brian Burke as the president of hockey operations. I believe uh, Hacks, no, not Hextall, uh, Ron Hextall. Hextall. Sorry, I always, got, I always get them confused. Ron Hextall is going to be the GM of the team. So now it'll be the process for Brian Burke where he gets to come into a situation and decide whether or not to tear it down or try to make another run. A lot of people are saying that this season will likely be a let's see what we got season for Brian Burke, obviously a little bit into the year already. Uh, difficult to kind of shuffle the deck as well during the COVID season with all the restrictions and certain t- the cap, flat cap, I think limits what a lot of teams can do. So it'll be interesting to see what Brian Burke's philosophy is moving forward. It certainly isn't going to be easy to start a rebuild when you have Sid and Gino. It certainly isn't going to be easy to send either of those guys out of town if you do want to rebuild. So some big decisions coming down the pipe for the former president of the Calgary Flames. You talked about how uneven and obviously in this COVID pandemic reduced schedule, there's going to be a ton of games in hand. I mean, you look at New Jersey, for instance, only nine games played Toronto 14, I think one. Yeah. Vancouver's got like 16 games played, but Vegas, man, only 10 games played and they got 17 points. I mean, across the league division winners, Tampa and Vegas. I mean, they're not even, playing a, a, a handful of games and they're still climbing up the ranks, but the buds still lead the league in points with 23. Yeah. Very impressive. And uh, you know, a bunch of other teams in the division are right at the top as well. I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but I believe like their record is like 25, six and three combined for the Tampa Bay lightning, the Boston Bruins and the Florida Panthers. Those three teams are absolute wagons right now. Can you imagine if all three of these teams were in the same division as they normally are? Oh my it would goodness. just be a total bloodbath. Yeah. Like, and th- this is one of the things that's nice for Toronto this season, at least. And probably for that matter, nice for the Bruins, nice for the Lightning is that they're all split up from each other. So they have an opportunity to, you know, just dominate the top of their divisions. They get an opportunity at a little bit of a lighter opposition. I know that the Canadian division hasn't looked as strong to this point as we expected it to be coming into this season. But certainly, I think there's still a lot of good teams in the division who will match their potential as the season rolls along here. I just think for Toronto, it's a breath of fresh air that they aren't going to be running into, you know, one of those two teams, you know, 10 times. Well, and if you have the Panthers playing those three teams, basically, you know, 15, 14, 15 times in the season. All right. Should we hit up the bar? Back to the bar. Got me sitting at a bar on the inside, waiting for my ride on the outside. 
So I think, personally, I gotta stop betting, or at least betting against the GOAT, because I could have been at the library bar this week. I didn't lose too much money on the Super Bowl, but I'm gonna say, pretty simple, and he probably is there right now, Rob Gronkowski is at the library bar. Did you see Brady heave the Lombardi trophy, like, 10 feet or something over to a, a Gronk's boat? I mean, oh my god, man. Imagine that just plunged right into the water. It was a fake trophy. It had to have been. Oh my god! I, I was <laughs> fooled, man. It's got to be. It's got to be a situation where it's like you know how they have two Stanley Cups. Like, there's no way that they're just letting these pe- guys just like take the Lombardi Trophy out, just wheel around. Like, are you gonna the, say no to Brady like, and Gronk no, though? Atlantic Ocean. Well, like, come on. It's like it looked like the real trophy. I'm assuming this is one of those like where there's a replica and they keep the real one like stashed away. Like it's, it's like I I understand why people were bugging out about it, but ultimately nothing happened, so it's no harm, no foul. Uh, I'm going with Tom Brady at the bar again, based off of what you had said before. This guy was absolutely pickled. Oh my god, he was done. He was boat. done. He had to be he carried out pretty up. much. Oh my god, yeah. Sea legs aren't what it used to be. That's why aren't what they used to be. That's why I took away from seeing that clip. It was so funny from Tom. There's a guy that's you know, takes everything so seriously all the time, takes his health so seriously. You don't expect him to overindulge like that. But he was uh, obviously having a good time when you're drinking in the sun like that as well. You could really catch up with you if you aren't wearing, uh, if you aren't wearing proper, proper like hats, proper yeah. sunscreen, like you're just going to get so dehydrated so quickly. So congratulations to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers again for winning the Super Bowl. Very impressive. But Tom Brady is certainly going to want to stay away from the bar, it seems like, for a little while after the boat parade in Tampa a, a couple – was it a day ago, I guess? A day ago, yes. Well, I remember when he was on Kimmel a few years ago, he just chugged a beer, a, a, a pint, no problem. So maybe he was uh, mixing or whatever. I, I mean, I'm not criticizing Brady for getting wasted. I thought it was hilarious, and rightfully so. You can do what you want after you got seven Super Bowl rings. So congrats. Brady and Gronk are going to be at the library bar all week all right let's get to tweet of the day kenny so this is uh i got a couple here uh one's from luke fox just suggesting that sheldon Keefe says the maple leafs are now using three or four different dressing rooms to keep players players spread out and keep it socially distanced i think this is a smart thing from the toronto maple leafs to make sure that they can stay healthy because that's ultimately going to be i think a big factor this season is which teams are able to sort of stay off the COVID board and keep uh, all their players in the lineup rather than having to miss a bunch of games. So then inherently also make up a bunch of games at the end of the season. I think that that will definitively play a factor in the way that these divisions shake out down the road. Mine's going to Justin Cuthbert. And it was a soundbite from Superman, AKA Ilya Mikheyev. And it was Ilya Mikheyev colon. I just keep working. Indeed he does. And, you know, you can obviously see that the weight would be kind of growing on his shoulders a little bit, but Keith was really, really pumping his tires a lot early in the season, said, you know, he's doing a lot of things away from the puck. The production on the score sheet will come, and finally it does come. And sometimes it just takes a scrappy goal, a garbage goal, a, a parked in front and duff it in to, to get your confidence going. And you, you could see, as I alluded to before, he was just 
ecstatic once he got the insurance marker for the buds. Yeah. Um, congratulations for Mikheyev to get that monkey off his back. Hopefully that uh, gets him moving forward. Also, I don't know if you saw this one, but Nick Suzuki, like it's the verified account. So I'm pretty sure it's like the correct account. I don't know if this is a troll job or like whatever the hell was going on. But Nick, Nick Suzuki prior to the game tweeting out, Toronto versus Montreal, go Leafs go, hashtag Leafs Nation, hashtag NHL, hashtag NHL faceoff. October 1, 2013, I was first year at Queens. Where oh, you? okay. That's so funny. I didn't, even <laughs> read, I, 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 I didn't even read the date on it. I was like, this doesn't even make any sense. Imagine that, just like, in the dressing room, like an uh, hour before puck drop, just like, all right, I'm, I'm locked in as well, but I get to play, I get to play the Leafs. I just, <laughs> I saw this like trending around. And I get like, that's so funny that I didn't even read the date, but I was like, what the, f- like, what's going on here? I was like, was he on his phone? Like just before puck drop? Yeah. He's like in the locker room, like tweeting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, this is unreal. Oh man. Too, too you know what? But... I've been, I've been fooled before Kenny. Like when you sent me a screenshot of a, a, uh, a knockoff Elliot Friedman burner account regarding a haul for ethan bear straight up and i was like what i, I think i think you sent that to me oh i sent that to you yeah you sent that I, to me and like, i bought like, it oh big trade and i was like no that's you're like yo take a take a look again yeah look again gotta, gotta <laughs> read the fine print anyways very funny that that was trending last night and very like leafs twitter to be quite frank to dig up these old these old tweets of their rivals and sort of just uh parade them around for everybody to see all right, so up next on the docket, Montreal and Toronto once again, Saturday night hockey, um, hockey night in Canada, even though that really doesn't exist anymore. We can still call it hockey night in Canada, whatever. Hockey night in Canada every day of the week. Every day of the week, buddy. It's hockey year in Canada. Yeah, and true. then in the meat of the month, we're going to have a three-game series set against the Sens, which should be an easy way to rack up more points. And then Calgary comes in, and later in the month, they've been kind of struggling to find their rhythm, so – pretty good matchup favorable for the Leafs coming up yeah and don't forget the secondary Montreal secondary match against Montreal again next Saturday night so they have three right. against Ottawa this week and then it's against Montreal again on the following Saturday so nice Give depending it to on me. the results yeah it'll be uh some good quality hockey sandwich in between some games with the Senators uh, I would expect uh the competitive teams come out of Ottawa they're going to turn around at some point Matt Murray's looked better in his last couple starts for the Sens, so don't be just glossing over them as uh, perhaps I did earlier on in the season. But yes, it should be certainly be an opportunity for Toronto to solidify, I'd say, at least another four points in the three games against Ottawa. Well, one of them a back-to-back as well, so that'll be uh, good for Leaf fans to watch uh, for a lot of hockey. That'll be uh, five games really in seven days. So team will be tired by the time they uh, Montreal rolls in next Saturday night. And you got the Raps game tonight, Kenny. I'm going to continue my coverage with the Australian Open. Unfortunately, we lost Bianca Andrescu, who fell in straight sets in the second round. But a big, juicy matchup on the men's side, Dennis versus Felix. I believe they've only played once, and Felix had to retire due to injury. So that is sports media eye candy. Well, exciting for the Canadian media, certainly. But I got to be honest, I wish that they weren't playing each other at this point in the tournament, because it means that one of them is going to be knocked out one and that's one less yeah. Canadian to follow through the stretch here and definitely give the, the edge to chapeau over Felix Ajayaliassime. But for Canadian tennis fans, that'll be a must watch match. Yeah. I've got a full day scheduled today. I'm doing a uh, Leafs lunch on TSN 1050 at uh, 
high noon, then I'm sticking around for game day and then the Raptors game tonight. So full day of shows for me at the station. And uh, yeah, that's uh, so you got on my toes. You got an appetizer, entree, and a dessert. So what are we calling this? Are we calling this our 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 bar snacks? This is your this is your warm up session, I guess, right? Yeah, I suppose that's <laughs> it. Yeah, this is uh, it's your hors d'oeuvres. It's your pre appetizer. Yeah, this is the uh, this is just the hors d'oeuvres before the before the meal. So what's that little drink you have course. before? What's that drink you have at like bougie restaurants before you have your main entree? Like a mo- isn't it like a mouge bouche? No, I think that's also like an appetizer. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I, I don't know if there's a fancy name for it. You just have like a traditional cocktail, I guess. I don't know. Oh, I thought it was a mouge bouche. Anyway, <laughs> I digress. Thank you for listening to this episode of Not Our Least Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. A reminder: this podcast brought to you by DraftKings. You just use code THPN on sign up for exclusive deals. Catch you next time.